Welcome to the new to crypto podcast designed to guide you through the crypto landscape with pinpoint accuracy created for the new and intermediate crypto investor. Join your host crypto travels Michael as he takes you through the different facets of getting started and succeeding in your crypto journey. New to Crypto Podcast brings you new episodes daily, Monday through Friday, with surprise bonus episodes sometimes on the weekend. Let me ask you, are you new to crypto? Don't know where to start? Are you more experienced but have questions? Then you're in the right place. This podcast is designed for you. Coming at you from the Trading Center in the Lifestyle Design Studio, here's your host, Crypto Travels Michael. Brave Wallet is the first secure crypto wallet built natively in a Web3 crypto browser. No extension required. You can store, manage, and grow your portfolio, get NFTs, and multi-chain support. Download the Brave Privacy Browser at brave.com slash new to crypto and click on the wallet icon to get started. Today, I'm talking about how the future of marketing is changing and crypto NFTs, blockchain, and the metaverse is involved. I have a special guest with us, a marketing legend and someone who I have personally followed for years and you should too. This is a master marketer and business builder. I'd like to welcome Ryan Stewart, the CEO of Webris to the podcast. Ryan, it's a pleasure, man, to have you here. Thanks for having me, Michael. It's good to be here. Absolutely. Hey, before we dive in and reveal some gold nuggets to our audience, can you share with our listeners just a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So I've been in the marketing realm for about 13 years now. Got my start in big consulting with Accenture and Deloitte doing some riveting projects on business process reengineering. That was sarcasm. While I learned some, some great professional lessons there in terms of how to communicate, all sorts of things along that line, I quickly realized that it wasn't life for me. And I took to Google and Yahoo back then and was searching for you know alternate ways to make my income and money. And I basically stumbled across what was the infancy of internet marketing. And this was before big brands really even believed in the internet, very similar to actually what we're going to talk about in terms of what people are seeing with Web3 and crypto and not really seeing it as a viable option for, for business and commerce and all sorts of things. But things obviously picked up over that time. I just dove in head first and started learning SEO, search engine optimization, building my own websites, optimizing them, and creating content along the way. That process of learning and growing and documenting Brought a lot of interest to myself, ended up picking up some clients. And a few years later, was able to start an agency. Ended up selling that agency, rebuying it back. Now have uh, currently running an agency, also running a tra- training program for the agencies. I also do some some high ticket, if, if you can call that, consulting for some larger brands. Currently working with the largest cannabis company country, um, helping them take their cannabis practice online and commerce online. So really anything in the digital space and the marketing space, I'm passionate about it, but also building, building and managing my own companies as well as uh, for my clients as well. So that's kind of 13 years in a nutshell of, of my experience, if you will. Uh, happy to go in detail on any of that as well. Awesome, Ryan. Hey, man, can you share just a little bit more about... So your company's called Webris, yes? Yep, correct. And, and, you know, some of your core services, I'm sure a ton of the crypto projects listening, you know, to this episode could really use your help. So can you share just a little bit about your current company, Webris, that you created? For sure. For sure. So Webris actually only does search engine optimization. We, I'm a, I'm a very type A person and a very type A marketer. I actually learned this. I was making a joke about it, but in my business process reengineering days, I realized that large companies essentially run on processes and people. That's really it. You know, now we're getting into the automation space, but you know, 10, 15 years ago, it was about people in process. 
that really stuck with me. And as I began to build my first agency, I realized how much energy went into it in terms of people. And I didn't want to scale through people. So I went back to the drawing board and basically built what we call a productized service. So Weber's right now, as it functions right now, you can only hire us to do SEO. And we have a very specific approach to it. We work on what are called sprints. So we don't do long-term contracts. We don't do like crazy deliverables. Like You come for us for more traffic. And that's pretty much it. So anybody in the crypto space, I think we can expand on that more when it comes to like opportunities in the crypto or Web3 space. Search engines are always going to be on top of the list in terms of getting people there because they're wide open. They're not blacklisted. Like when you start talking about advertising on Facebook and stuff like that, there's a lot of regulations, a lot of hoops to jump through. Your ads are going to get declined a lot. Organic traffic from Google is always going to be but one of the best ways to market your business as long as people are still using Google, which again, we can talk about as we get into this. So that's essentially what we do there. But then again, like more of the high tech consulting stuff that I do is much more only take on two to three projects a year, really for companies that are looking to, to really scale and aggressively grow and invest a minimum of 50000 a month into their marketing. I basically help to architect that, put together processes, systems, identify the right marketing channels, if you will, help them understand what type of impact that that's going to have. And then also level of effort. Should you hire internally? Should you get a contractor? Should you go get an agency? Essentially building and scoping out an entire marketing ecosystem for some of my clients. So we can talk about that as well. I think some of those learnings will apply a lot more to people that are trying to figure out really what's the first step to take in this space because you know you can pay attention to Gary Vee, who I think is pioneering this for a while. But at the end of the day, there's there's not a whole lot of avenues available right now as we see it. It's almost ironic. If you want to be in Web3, you still have to market on Web2 for the time being until that traction really picks up. So we can explore all that as we get into it more. Absolutely. No, I can definitely appreciate the the Web3 and 2 connection. Can you share with our audience, you know, some of our audience, this concept may be new to them. You know, other people are extremely familiar, but can you just break down in a nutshell the difference between web one, two, and three? Because a lot of people hear that a lot, but they may not like dial in and exactly know. Sure. So for context, I'm not an expert on web one or web three. You know, I'm a student of the game. If anything else, I'm learning a lot. When web one came out, it was essentially, you know, dial up internet. It was really just, a, they call it like a one-way communication, right? You would go, you'd find information and you would consume that information. There was really no back and forth, right? So we're talking about the early days. This is back, you know, I'm 35 years old. When I was in sixth grade, I remember getting on AOL, my first screen name. Those are really the web one days. AOL, AIM, you know, Britannic Encyclopedia. I remember spending hours on there just researching stuff, just consuming information. But the move to web two is really about social, right? So the social web, that's really where my expertise really starts to pick up. That's what we're in the heart of right now, social web, uh, communicative web, you know, the sharing economy, whatever you want to call it, that's really the core of web two. And then as we move to web three, a much more, I guess, decentralized is the way to explain it, right? It's actually, there's a whole bunch of different avenues that you can, that you can path down. I think for me, from a business and marketer point of view is really understanding the diversion between in web two, kind of the, the company's holding a lot of the power, but in web three, giving that back to the individual user, right? So for context example right now, if you're an influencer and your platform is Instagram, right? You got 5 million followers. You don't own that. That doesn't belong to you. Instagram owns that, you know, and it's almost kind of funny how humans are and how we act. Like we opt into these platforms. We sign up for terms of agreements we don't agree to. And then all of a sudden, Instagram makes one change to the platform that they owned, to the platform that you signed up for, to the platform that you built your business off of for free and you go up in arms. Well, Web3 is going to change a lot of that because... 
just the ability to track in terms of the source, right? When you publish a piece of content now, for example, if you create like a really funny meme, it sounds stupid to a lot of people, but there's a lot of money and intention in memes, right? You create a meme now in Web2, it gets screenshotted, shared, credit gets convoluted, nobody knows where it really came from. It belongs to the internet, it belongs to Instagram, right? But in Web3, we'll be able to track who the original source, the creator is. And if there's any sort of monetization attached to that, any sort of any sort of attribution attached to that in the future, which we can hypothesize what that will look like, it will actually be credited back to the creator. So we're moving much more into a true, potentially a true creator's economy where you'll be able to get credited and compensated, whether that's in attention, which is a lot of what happens now, or actual compensation in terms of money, which is easy to much easier to sift through in terms of blockchain and crypto and all that type of stuff. So that's kind of my point of view on it. Again, I'm not an expert in any of this. Don't attack me in the comments. That's just my understanding of it. And again, we're all learning we're all learning throughout this process and especially in Web3 of what it's really going to look like and what it's really going to entail. So I think anyone for now, it's just the best guess because we're not even at the tip of the iceberg. We're at the tip, tip, tip of the iceberg. Um, it's getting a lot of hype and a lot of attention now and rightfully so, but we're not even close to what it will be. Just like with Web2, you know, when MySpace came out, you know, that was kind of like the beginning of Web2 and look at how far we've come since then and all sorts of, you know, craziness. So that's kind of my my view on it in, in a nutshell, Michael. Absolutely. Man, you you covered so much so much there. All the way reminded me back of the AOL days. You know, I, yeah. I used to get the discs from Blockbuster growing up in California, you know. Yeah, yeah. So throwback. <laughs> taking it all the throwback, exactly. <laughs> taking it all the way to web three. So let's talk about the future of advertising and involving, you know, like NFTs, metaverse, web three, et cetera. You started to unpack a little bit about web three, but sure. How do you see the future of advertising moving in in this direction or this area? Yeah, so that's a great question. I can give you my best guess. So, like, I think what's important to understand too is whether we're in the real verse or the metaverse. The only thing that really matters is where people's attention is, right? Because wherever people's attention is, from a business point of view, you're going to want to try and get in front of them, right? It's everything that we see now. It doesn't matter if it's Instagram or TikTok or Google, whatever it is, is that we're marketing against attention. We're selling against attention. We're advertising against attention. And especially now as marketers, again, I really came up in in the web to advertising, Facebook ads, digital ads, completely trackable for the most part compared to web one, which was or not even web one offline, right? We're talking about 50, 60 years ago where people put up a billboard, put up a radio spot and just hope that sales went up, right? So we've come a long way in terms of tracking attribution, but the core of it still is, again, you put up that billboard on a highway, you want to know how many people are driving by it, right? Because how many eyeballs is getting? That's the attention factor, right? So when it comes to Web3, I think one of the things that especially marketers and businesses are confused and probably fearful and scared about is if everyone is living in the metaverse, how can I continue to run my business in a place where there is no Instagram and Facebook, right? There is no Google, right? And I think I have a lot of thoughts on that. I think first and foremost, we're pretty far away from being in any sort of metaverse Ready Player One type type mm-hmm. space. I know a lot of people, including myself, will play and do it, hype it up a little bit, talking about you know the income gap and all these different things and how people are. It's I mean it is happening, right? It's it's really sad. I mean just you know people people all around us are struggling in this country as well uh, to just even work. Nobody wants to work the whole nine. So it is starting to play out a little bit. But I have a, a Oculus and like I personally can't wear it for more than twelve minutes because I get I get pretty bad motion sickness with it and like. It's also, it's, it's just not at the point where it's ready to get to the point where anybody has to even start thinking about how am I going to advertise in Web3, right? However, with that being said, what I do see happening is the more that people are spending their time up there, 
we're going to find ways to get their attention up there, whether it's going back to billboards inside of like the sandbox or something like that, or mm-hmm. sponsored opportunities to get, I don't know, order a Domino's pizza, you know, while you're walking around sandbox, you know? So like, mm-hmm. I think that we're, we're a long ways away to the point where like, I don't even think you really have to be worried about it unless you are a web three company, unless you are a crypto company, then of mm-hmm. course it's, it's definitely time to get early adopter and try and figure out ways that you can get in front of people inside of, you know, the metaverse inside of these sandbox, which isn't in the metaverse yet, you know, inside of these kind of communities, if you will, or these worlds, these verses to really try and get people's attention. But the concepts are still the same. I mean, literally going back to, you know, I'm training a copywriter right now for my business. And we start with stuff from like the 60s. You know, I'm not looking at stuff in Facebook, right? Like, again, the core, the core of what we're doing hasn't really changed. We're still speaking to humans. We're still trying to communicate with humans. We're still trying to get attention from humans. The platforms are much more advanced. The platforms are much more confusing. The platforms are much different, but we're still speaking to humans. And I think that's, that's key here is that we're still wherever attention is, your business is going to want to be there. Marketers is going to want to be there. Advertising is going to be there. But in terms of the core messaging, in terms of the core human emotions and really biases, if you will, that we're trying to advertise against haven't changed and they won't change, right? There's obviously going to be nuances in terms of how we communicate, in terms of what we communicate, but humans are humans. And we're still driven and motivated by the same kind of core beliefs, same values that we have been for hundreds of years now that advertising companies have have played against, you know? So I think my core point here is that like, don't worry about it right now. It's not something that you need to really prep for or freak out for. There's still a lot of money and attention to be made in the current internet. It's going to be that way for a significant amount of time, a minimum of 10 years, in my opinion. So I think it's good to start having conversations and listening to podcasts like this, just like I'm doing. Like I'll say it all the time. I don't consider myself a metaverse expert, but I have spent the time understanding it and buying it and trying to feel it and understand because it's important. (laughs) But that time period of when it's happening, I'm not going to abandon everything I'm doing now because it's just not ready for that level yet. Brave Wallet is the first secure crypto wallet built natively in a Web3 crypto browser. What's Web3? Web3 is freedom from big tech and Wall Street. More control and better privacy. But there's a weak point in Web3, your crypto wallet. Most wallets are browser extensions, a Web2 technology. That means the same old risks, app spoofing, phishing scams, and theft. Brave Wallet is different. Brave Wallet is the first secure wallet built natively in a Web3 crypto browser. No extension required. With Brave Wallet, you can buy, store, send, and swap assets, manage NFTs, even connect other wallets and dApps, all from the security of the best privacy browser on the market. Whether you're new to crypto or a seasoned pro, it's time to ditch those risky extensions. It's time to switch to Brave Wallet. Download Brave at brave.com forward slash new to crypto and click on the wallet icon to get started. Definitely. No, I definitely agree with a lot of what you said. And and you actually took me back to before Web1, you know, uh, before practically the internet, my first business when I was a teen, you know, it was it was the yellow pages and it was car signage and people driving by, you know, when I had a showroom of in California, it was retail at that time. And, you know, to see, but, but you're right. When, even when you took it all the way back to what you're looking for now, a copywriter where you're still dealing with people, you know, there's, there's, there's usually a desire or there's pain, right? For the reasons why they're going to purchase, um, or something in between. 
And um, I'm, I definitely believe we're in the, in between. We're here with Web 2 and 3. You know, the it is here, you know, the beginning of the metaverse. The next 60 months, I believe, will be a lot of progress made on the dev side on building out a lot of these platforms. You know, a lot, a lot of the verses, a lot of these virtual worlds and metaverse. I know of some big players that will be entering, you know, uh, the market, if you will. And so that's going to be, and, you know, and then it's going to take some time for adoption, even for that aspect of it later. So, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head in a 10 year frame. Definitely. It's important if people are in marketing to definitely see the future as where we're going. And if you're in crypto blockchain or web three, you know, I'm, I myself am looking at, you know, NFTs and virtual land to have my brand and to build my brand. And, and then the question is, is which ones, you know, which ones are, you know, are the, the, the Nike, the Facebook, you know, the IG of tomorrow inside the verse, right? So let's talk about some of the community marketing because that pretty much, you know, is it, it, it doesn't matter if it's web, you know, one, two or three, or even, you know, when, when I was growing up, when there was no web, you know, it's, it's marketing to, to people and building community, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I spent a good amount of time kind of researching and understanding NFTs and I feel like I've gotten a, a good handle on on the why, which is to me is the most important as a marketer. Like, why are people spending this much money? Why are people spending this much time? Why are people changing their entire online persona to be part of it? And it comes down to that. It's community. And people's... Again, like what I said, when it comes to marketing and advertising, people are not complicated. (laughs) When you really understand what drives people to action, you see that playing out in NFTs at scale right now, right? Number one is... People want a sense of community. It goes all the way back to human evolution. People, it's just we congregate. <laughs> it's why we build cities. It's why we build towns. It's why you get uncomfortable living all the way out in the woods by yourself. It's just not how we're programmed, right? So again, like a lot of this stuff, we see it just human psychology and human evolution, literally just playing out at scale with NFTs. So like communities and people wanting to display these NFTs as their profile picture to show that they're part of this. On top of that, which I think is even more prevalent in today's world. Like when you look at the rise of really the rise in the, the just the domination of high end luxury products and goods, this feeling, this wanting to show how successful that we are as humans is another kind of human emotion psychology thing. It's what we see happening with NFTs too. This flex, if you will, this wanting to show that without with saying it without saying it, how much money you make. Again, we see that happening now with like Board API Club and and um, CryptoPunks. This People know, if you know, you know, right? And, and if yeah. you see somebody with a board ape, you know that it's probably worth a quarter million dollars or more. That's a flex. You know, it's not just For wanting, sure. it's wanting to be a part of the community, but it's also the fact that like you're joining this, you're, you're, you're elevating yourself inside of that community by owning that piece of IP, if you will. Regarding the luxury goods, you know, I definitely agree. Board, people see board ape yacht club or they see crypto punks and they automatically identify it as a flex. It's similar to pulling up into a super nice sports car. Everybody sees you or women have Hermes bags, you know, or Cartier jewelry or something like that. So it is part of, you know, how we as humans do community, things like that. You also touched previously on on the actual community. And I think even before the Internet, one thing we can all identify is sports teams, sports arenas. You know, you go in there and there's a tribe of people. They're very passionate about you know, that topic. Right. And I'm, I love soccer or football myself, depending on where you're from. So yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. 
And we're going to see a lot more uh, changing in the game with NFTs and NFTs with utility. You know, we'll probably see concert tickets and events that we can go to buy the NFT, get in and get some kind of free goodie. You know, and I I think that's going to actually like happen sooner than we think. But I do think the challenge with that, though, is that part is actually kind of easy. Like turn like for the ticket master to, to turn their tickets into NFTs, like they're already kind of halfway there. They just got to put it on the blockchain. Like you already get a digital ticket that lives in your phone, right? Like there's not, yeah. it's not that much of a stretch to think that. I think the biggest thing is that hardware companies are going to have to come with like built-in wallets because like, dude, setting that stuff up yeah. is not easy. And like you've got like, it's something you have to dedicate like an entire Saturday to like watching YouTube videos and like figuring like, there's a lot yeah. of friction to getting into this stuff. And I do think that's going to be the biggest hindrance for this. Like, and then you had like, like my parents, like they're never going to do it. Like, and, and like, even if somebody does it for them, like they're never going to get it. So like, I, that's why I also think this is going to take longer because like, we're going to have like a fractured population that like, it's going to take us years and years and years, decades to hit mass adoption for this unless hardware companies come out and they're like, yo, like it's part of the, it's part of this now. Like, forget, yeah. like the concept of NFTs, like if you think about it, it's like from a layman's point of view, like the phone already does all that. The phone already is a wallet. We're just not using it on the blockchain. So yeah. I think when the hardware takes that step, that's when we'll see more mass adoption. And then it's just going to be a landslide after that. And that because until then, it's just it's too much friction to like ask anybody really to be like, hey, take your entire Saturday, Sunday and like learn about this and set this up just so you can get like because we're doing this for our business too. Like we're we're we we give away NFTs for people that pass for our other business, our training business mm-hmm. that are like certificates, right? So like mm-hmm. participation NFTs that you just basically like accrue points and then you'll get an NFT based on that. And that uh-huh. NFT will then unlock coaching. It'll unlock like a live event that we're doing and, and just kind of accessing things like that. And the okay. biggest thing that we're hitting is people that are like, yeah, I don't have a wallet set up. So yeah. So you know it's still the biggest block in terms of mass adoption because it's not difficult to understand if it's not like you're doing it on your phone but like yeah. when you try and sit down and figure it out it's like okay this is a little bit overwhelming <laughs> even for me who works in technology you know we got some good news regarding that area there's there's devs that have been hard at work in this area um i had nick from divi divi project on here divi just recently partnered with la liga 2.7 billion um, viewers yearly and they're going to be in the in the stadiums and they've made their wallet super simple and they're going to be, you know, in La Liga games, physically there, showing fans, showing the players. And there's some other ones in the industry that have made it as simple as three clicks. And we're going to, you know, we're working on uh, showcasing and bringing some of that forward. Yeah. And hopefully some of my colleagues in the industry can, you know, put the word out because I totally agree with you. You know, my my parents, for example, are not technical, just like you mentioned yours. Right. And and a lot of people listening to to this podcast, you know, it's called New to Crypto. So a certain percentage of our listeners are new and certain percentage are people are very experienced and they want to know about a specific topic. Right. But for the people that are new, you know, they come from maybe an investing background, you know, or, or they have businesses. But, you know, crypto is new and it's not exactly the easiest thing to navigate. So the, the positive info and the new info is is. A, th- there is a problem that needs to be solved in, in terms of making this very simple for the average, any person, non-tech, non-dev background. And uh, the developers are, are hard at work at that. And I think we should see this year and beyond some big changes in that area. So, you know, so you don't have to figure out how to do a MetaMask wallet on your weekend. Yeah, yeah, it was, an, it was, it was, a, again, even for me, somebody who spends all their time online, I was like, I got to the point I was very close. I was like, F this. Cause like, it's, it's not easy, man. It's really not like, it's not. It, there's yeah. a lot of friction, which is 
also why I'm so bullish on this because so many people have taken even like Discord. Like I'm, I look at Discord and I'm like, no, I'm I like I can't. It's just like it's it like I I'm a Slack user. I like that's how I run my companies is through Slack. And I look at Discord and I'm like, the UI, the UX, it is like a designer and marketer point of view is so bad. But like people are still spending time to figure it out and use it. It's also ties into the gaming community, which you know I know is a part of the yeah. gaming community, which I'm not yeah. a gamer. It's never it's never been in my in my blood to do that. So but that's what why I'm also bullish on this because I'm like so many people are spending so much time and energy on this that like and then once you're in, like then you kind of get it. And like you have to go through that process of like setting it. I tell people all the time, like, look, you don't have to like invest a ton of crypto. You don't have to be in the metaverse. You don't have to do that. But like you should dedicate one of your Saturdays to going through it. Because once you do, you're gonna understand it. You know, like it just yeah, it's a different level, it's a different feeling. And you realize that it's not that complicated once you're in there, you know, and like once you understand like the concept of NFTs and like why people are buying NFTs, especially like you said, it's like the same feeling. You get the same feeling, right? Like people don't buy a Lamborghini for any other reason. I shouldn't say this, but like for the most part, it's about a feeling that you want for yourself. You want the feeling of people seeing you and you want the feeling of driving it. Yeah. That feeling is the same when you have something that's $250,000, even though it's a picture to you, to most people, it's mm-hmm. not, it has value. And that value communicates to the outside world, something about you as a person. And that feeling in itself is one of the most powerful feelings that a human can have. And again, that's why we see people spending $1,000 for a t-shirt that says Gucci on it, but it's the exact same t-shirt that you can get from American American Apparel for the most part. You know, like you're not paying for the t-shirt, you're paying for the logo because that's what you want to communicate to the world about your status, about who you are, about your success in the world, all these different things. And I think a lot of younger people too get it that they're like, okay, I see this on Instagram all the time. I follow this account called like NFTs, whatever. And like, they'll always like go up to people on the street and be like, okay, here's a picture of a, of a Huracan. And here's a picture of a board, like a board, like a just, a, they don't know it's a board date, but like, which one do you rather have? And everyone's like, oh, of course I'd rather have, rather have the car. But except for people that are, that are like hip on NFTs, because they're like only a handful of people are actually going to see me driving that car. Right. But if I can make at my social profile, like potentially thousands and tens of thousands of people are going to see this. Again, it's not about having a physical car because anything that you buy physically in this world over time loses its value emotionally to you, right? Like you buy a car, it's a great feeling, but over time you're like, okay, on to the next thing. It's just, it's how we're wired, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's about that feeling and it's about the feeling that we get and what we want to communicate to the world. And if more people can see, give you that feeling by just posting that as your Twitter or Instagram picture, that's really what's happening. That's why this is hitting so much mass adoption because people are living more and more time on their on their phones right here this is where people are living this is the reality this is what they see so it doesn't matter if it happens in real life or not i think that's what a lot of the older generation struggles with they're like it's not real it's like it is real because it's a feeling and as long as you feel it then it's real like what are you to say what's real or not anymore you know yeah. um, and i think that's a very scary thing for people but again like you don't have to buy into it like i'm never i'd like i i talk about the stuff but but like i'm never going to live in the metaverse like i'm going to live in real life you know that that's just my choice in my opinion but other people are going to. <laughs> um, and yeah. If I want to continue to be successful in this world and I want to raise my kids in the world and position them for success, and it's something that like we have to do and have to understand, or you know, you're just going to get left by the wayside. Unfortunately, you know, it's the same with businesses yeah. who are like, again, like I'll never forget, like ten years ago when I tried to pitch Instagram marketing to like businesses, they were like, eh, I don't really <laughs> see this as being a thing. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay. Yeah. And then like now, nah, like in what happened to those businesses, you know, like failure to adopt and putting your head in the sand and like plowing forward because it's the same, like the same thing that got you here isn't going to get you there, you know, like, so again, you have time and that's kind of the beauty about like people listening to this now is that like, you still have so much time, like you don't have to 
go and spend all your money on NFTs and you know, like live in the metaverse, you don't, but like it's worth your time to understand it. It's worth your time to listen to content like this. It's worth the time to educate yourself because it's coming and you'll be prepared for it. And you're going to be more prepared than 90% of the rest of the world who is saying that this stuff is stupid, you know? Absolutely. No, that's uh that's a good point. I mean, um, a lot of my episodes are bite-sized pieces. The non-interviews are 10 minutes long. It's so people on the go, people that are busy can just learn in bite-sized pieces and, you know, just day after day, you know, things like that. Let's, um, let's talk about what else do you see in the future of marketing with like this ever-changing environment? Is there anything else you want to touch on that you, that you see aside from like community marketing and NFTs and metaverse and things like that? Cause no, like know, I, said, I, I take a, I take a very like, step back like realistic approach i look at humans you know like again like at the end of the day these are just platforms that we're using to communicate our messaging but that messaging and i'm still talking to humans you know Mm -hmm. and understanding what motivates humans and why is one of the most impactful things you can do so like for example i just started doing a lot of tiktok marketing i hired some couple of kids that have like writing scripts for me and filming them for me it's a different type of content it's a different style but the messaging is still the same you know same thing with a podcast same thing with youtube like these are just platforms that people are using to consume the content that people are using and spending their time on i think the most important thing is understanding the context of the platform so like understanding the context of why someone uses tiktok versus listens to a podcast while they're walking their dog versus watches a YouTube video versus puts on a headset and goes in the metaverse, right? Like it's context is everything, but the mechanism is still going to be some sort of content this is what Gary V talks about. I'm a, I'm a Gary V fan, but I'm also not a Gary V fan. Cause I think that <laughs> I think he, he, he's, he's a, it, like, honestly, I think that it, like anything that he talks about usually becomes true because he has a very good pulse on what's happening. Like the stuff with NFTs, he's just very early with a lot of stuff, which creates a lot of backlash for him. But I think he's okay with that because I think his favorite thing in life is saying, I told you so. But like, you know, like he talks about content, 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 which I agree with. But what he doesn't talk about is context, right? And context Uh is actually what's the most important because you can't just like what a lot of people will do is like they'll film something like this, a podcast, and then they'll try and turn it into a TikTok video. But like you take an hour long conversation, try to condense it into 10 seconds, it's difficult, right? So you have to understand the context. And even more than that, again, like the style of content on TikTok is drastically different than even like you can't just take a TikTok and post on Instagram because it's different. It's just different. Everything is different. The algorithm is different. The people are different. How they're consuming it, when they're consuming it, it's just different, right? So, Uh in my opinion, that like these things don't matter, and that's why I'm so calm and I'm able to take a long term approach to my businesses because I'm like I'm not tripping that Facebook ads might go away next month because we still have a great business with a great offer with great people. And like, Mm -hmm. we know how to take that and contextualize it to whatever's coming next. So like, again, moving on to TikTok, moving on to YouTube ads, as opposed to Facebook ads, moving into NFT style marketing and community marketing, it's all the same thing, right? It's Mm -hmm. just, it's understanding people, understanding what people want, how to make offers to them, how they think, what motivates them and and what gives them that, what makes them feel, you know, like what what are the certain things that we're trying to make them feel with our messaging that's ultimately going to take them, make them take action. Like I talk about this all the time, to me, the role of marketing is is to get reactions and drive emotions within people, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the role of sales is to generate leads and close people, right? If we're talking about B two B or even mm-hmm. the role of marketing is is to to get people to feel something that makes them want to take action, right? Mm-hmm. So you know when it comes to you know like marketing our our agency Webris, the feeling that I'm trying to give people is almost kind of like the feeling of FOMO slash your competitors are eating your lunch, right? Because if somebody else is ranking on top of Google, they're taking your customers. So that's Mm -hmm. a feeling that I can give them that's going to drive them to want to book a call and talk to us about how we can help, right? Mm -hmm. So 
it doesn't matter if I'm sending that messaging on Facebook or TikTok or on a YouTube video. It's that feeling and understanding human psychology of what drives them to action that as long as people are still people, as long as we don't become cyborgs, <laughs> which we might. <laughs> and I, I see the future of marketing is the same, right? Just like if you go back to 1920 yeah. and you know you study, study like old school advertising and messaging, it's actually one of my favorite things to do. We have a great coffee table book that's old ads. And you just look at it and you're like, damn, these they were so good with words and like in, in like a, a one picture, you know, being able to communicate so much emotion, so much feeling, it, but it hasn't changed. You know, it's just, it's, yeah. it's where we're communicating that's changed. Well said. Well said, Ryan. Man, that was such a uh, group of gold nuggets for our audience and the context part and, you know, how you, how you broke down all the different platforms, especially for all the people that have crypto projects listening and businesses. You know, we really appreciate all the value providing here today. And you even took me back to the ads, you know, my own grandfather, when I was a toddler, you know, that's what he did. Those display ads for a very large, you know, newspaper in the United States back in the day. So I, I'm actually going to have to get that the coffee, coffee table book, you know, I, all, on my coffee table, it's all, it's all exclusive specialty coffee, you know, because <laughs> I'm a big coffee buff, but I need to find out about that. About it's, that one. It's, it's fascinating, man. You can learn so much. It's kind of a lost art. You know, if you, if you go to like, so I also had the the benefit of working at a very large advertising agency as a contractor, performance mm-hmm. marketing, but you know, I was working with advertising teams and you know, at the time I thought it was kind of a lot of like bullshit because it would spend so much time. Like we're talking about like hundreds of thousands of dollars in meetings, like talking about these things. And I'm like, it doesn't really matter that much, but I'm coming from the digital point of view where I'm like, just put it out and test it and let's figure it out versus something that lives in print is kind of forever mm-hmm. and you can't really change it. So like, Mm-hmm. But, you know, like the level of, you know, I think one of the hardest things to do in life is to say more by saying less, right? And I think that's getting key. It's almost coming back because, you know, we can still do long form content, but we look at something like TikTok and it's like, yo, how do you communicate something in a very short period of time, you know, in a very, yeah. in a very short amount? And then when you look at old school advertising, it, it's masterfully done with like four to six words of like the amount that they can communicate with a single image. You know, I think every marketer should go back and, and review those because it's kind of a lost art because we have video now and we can say so much and so short, and, you know, yeah, all sorts of different things. But it's it really is a lost art, like the art of copywriting, the art of, you know, print and display advertising, stuff like that really gone by the wayside in a lot of ways, but still very, very valuable and useful for, for marketers and advertisers to learn from. Absolutely. Well said, man. Hey, I definitely appreciate you coming out here. And, uh, you know, sharing so many gold nuggets for our audience, you know, all your links are, are on the episode blog post page for today on our site. So, um, what's the best way that you prefer for people to be able to reach out to you or you and your team? Um, If you're active on Twitter, it's Ryan was here. YouTube is, I'm always publishing there too. Just look up Ryan Stewart from both of those. You'll be able to, there's a link in my bio. If you want to schedule a time, we can talk about your business, you know, talk about marketing, see if we'd be good fit to help you out. Absolutely. Awesome. Hey, Ryan, it was a pleasure, man. Thanks for coming out and being part of today. Thanks for having me, Michael. Glad we did it. Excellent. You're welcome back anytime. Appreciate it. If you like today's episode, definitely like and subscribe to the podcast. If you're on YouTube or Spotify, click the little bell notification so you know about the next episode, which rolls out tomorrow. Until then, make it a great day. Thanks for tuning in to New to Crypto Podcast. If you like the episode, be sure to follow and subscribe. You can listen to every episode on all major platforms. Have an interest in being on the show or want advertising? Reach out at newtocrypto.io. Head over to our site, newtocrypto.io, to access the resources mentioned in each episode. 
Until next time, remember to navigate the crypto landscape with pinpoint accuracy. 